Welcome to NextCast, a podcast about teaching and learning at Humber College. I'm Nathan Whitlock, an editor at Humber Press. Every episode of NextCast, we talk to some of the faculty and staff who are leading innovation at Humber, both inside and outside the classroom. In this episode, we talk to Eileen DeCourcy, Humber's Associate Vice President for Teaching and Learning, who recently announced that she'll be leaving the college after many years of spearheading and leading numerous significant projects and initiatives. We spoke to her about some of the work she's done here and about her vision for the future of post-secondary education. Welcome to NextCast, Eileen. We should start with a little full disclosure. Obviously, you are my boss, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you hired me for for my position, so... uh, I have to be a little bit careful about the questions I ask and the territory we enter. Not at all. Uh, This would be a good chance for us to sort of have a kind of exit interview, to have a conversation about um, the work you've you've done here at Humber, uh, your sort of vision of where things should be going in in post-secondary education. But before we get into that, I was sort of wanting you to give us a little sense of... um, you know, what was what was your career before Humber and how did you end up here? Thanks, Nathan, and uh, happy to be here and have, happy to have had the opportunity to work with you over the last number of years. And thank you for all of your innovations, particularly around Next and NextCast and, and the work that you've done with Humber Press. So to answer your, your question, um, I have spent uh, the last, and I'm going to be conservative here, about 27 some odd years in education and feel truly blessed because I've had an opportunity to work at the high school level with designing curriculum and working with students who would really challenge the status quo around traditional learning and had an opportunity to learn from them um, to really start to think about how to be a creative educator. Um, at the high, then moving from a high school level into um, managing a number of different schools in adult and continuing education. And that, again, was uh, a real education for me because it really allowed me to start to think about and reflect on what is a meaningful learning experience for, for adults. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what do they need when they come back to school you know, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. And of course, that's a very different experience than what we might have uh, gone through when we were being educated ourselves. So I had the opportunity to do that. All through that time, I also had the opportunity to to teach, and I taught at the university level, and I've worked in, in the college sector, teaching in the college sector. And then eventually, I did actually spend a couple of years working at a university. And when I saw this opportunity at Humber, originally, uh, I started as the Director of Professional Development. I was really intrigued by the opportunity to be able to uh, work with educators and to share some of my insights and experiences in the hopes that we could create a better environment for adult learners. Mm-hmm. And um, it has been an absolutely tremendous experience working at Humber, and I've been able to um, enjoy and learn from everybody who I've come in contact with. So again, luckily I've been able to work right across the system, high school, K-12 um, area, College sector, university sector, love the college sector. It's like mm-hmm. my favorite place to be. Why is that? Why, why particularly the college? 
Because the, the colleges are really focused on learning and they're focused on providing students with skills, with value, with enabling them to, to learn what they need to learn in order to get a job. And, you know, that is really around helping people to increase their social economic status, to fulfill their dreams, to be able to um, hit the ground running. And there's nothing wrong with university. I don't want us to, to walk away from this interview saying that one is better than the other. There's certainly a place for university in the higher education sector. But what I find about colleges and um, polytechnics is the focus on learning and the focus on teaching, which is, is different in the universities. And um, that's what attracted me to the college sector. Yeah, and, and I really, I, you know, there is no wasted education. I no. really don't believe that any of our education, whether you pursue a particular um, focus or not, is wasted. We, You know, if we're open, you learn to something. Unfortunately, not everybody has the, the means and the finances to be able to learn for, for the sake of learning on a continuous basis. Right. And so many of our students, as you know, need to come in, do some short programming, pick up some skills, qualify themselves in some area, and then get a job. And, you know, that's the beauty of, of the colleges is that you can come back as often as you want and you can reskill and, and learn new skills and change your focus and your career over a lifetime. And so lifelong learning and the ability to pop in and out of the educational sector is so important in today's age. For sure. And and specifically at, at Humber, I mean, you've headed up uh, where we are right now, which is the Center for Teaching and Learning. I was sort of curious. I mean, I, I got here about four years ago, so I've had a sense of how the, C, the CTL operates and it's changed and it's evolved. But I was wondering what your initial vision was for the, for the CTL and what its mission should be. Again, when, when I initially started um, as the Director of Professional Development, my mandate was really to help support faculty become the best teachers that they could possibly be. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, that really helps um, student success. And when we think about uh, all of the supports that are put in place for, for students, they're absolutely amazing. But we know that the number one important relationship for any student in the learning process is the relationship with their teacher, mentor, faculty. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to really support faculty becoming what would be a contemporary or modern teacher. And in doing so, I really needed to, to look to faculty and say, what is it that you need? You are experts in your field. We hire you because you are an amazing person in radio or you're an incredible plumber or you're a fantastic business person, whatever your specialty is. But what they didn't have and what they don't often have is uh, a deep, not only a theoretical understanding of the learning process, but a practical toolkit around how to operate within a classroom and how to create the conditions for our students to learn and be successful. And there's a number of easy things that faculty can do to help develop those relationships with the students early on to develop trust. Once you do that, then you can certainly help students move through the learning process a lot easier. My focus was really to to help faculty with that, but 
I really needed to hear from faculty and say, okay, what do you think is a, a contemporary practice? What are some of the challenges that you're experiencing in the classroom? What is your vision of yourself mm-hmm. as a teacher? Because you need to be authentic. And so, you know, my outreach was important. So I did an extensive needs assessment with all of the faculty across the institution. And, and they really said, uh, what they needed. They said that they needed, you know, more support in a number of different areas. They helped design the infrastructure around timing, days of the week when they would access certain supports and resources. And that was the initial build. And then we just built from there over the years. And I was very fortunate at Humber to be able to then hire amazing people who would come in to work in the, in the Center for Teaching and Learning. So while we started with one person, me, we were able to build after that. And so we were able to you know, hire some additional folks around technology. We were able to hire some additional uh, support and resources around the scholarship of teaching and learning. We were able to allow faculty to get some additional support in exploring not just their scholarship, but the, the publication piece. And that's where you mm-hmm. came in, Nathan. So we, we built over the years, and the vision was really to think about in a modern educational institution, what are the elements that a faculty member needs to be completely successful in a very complex classroom? Mm-hmm. And um, we know that the, the classroom today is very different from the classroom of the past. We also know that students have a lot of challenges that they're facing. So many of our students you know, have full-time jobs or part-time jobs because they need to also pay their bills while they're learning. Some of them have families. And so there's layers and layers of complexity in the um, student profile. And so a faculty member really needs to not only figure out how to best deliver the content and help students learn the skills, but they also need to think about the human factor in all of this. What What are the issues that students are dealing with barriers, challenges, struggles every day of the week when they walk into the classroom. And so it is not easy being an educator in the 21st century. And I know we have amazing and talented faculty um, that do it beautifully every day. And so we wanted to make sure we took direction from them. Right. I mean, when, when people ask me who they're not teach if they're not teachers and they don't, you know, what goes, what know what goes on in a in a college or university, and they ask me, what is a center for teaching and learning? I always say it's sort of a combination of like an academic gym and a, and with a full of trainers that, you know, show them how to lift things except academically and and like an R&D department. You know, it's it's a combination of the two. Do you think that sort of fits or? Uh... It does. I mean, I love that, that analogy. The, the other piece that was really important for me when creating a Center for Teaching and Learning is to create an environment where faculty can come in to a safe place, experiment, learn some new skills, access resources, but also to share with each other. Mm -hmm. So the idea of creating a a broader network where you don't just need to come into the Center for Teaching and Learning to actually pick up some skills or knowledge or information regarding teaching and learning, but if one of your peers does, and then that peer passes it on, um, and we start to see a broadening of the capacity and competency across the institution, that to me, that's a win-win too. So it's, it's around how can we set a vision for what teaching and learning looks like, articulate that broadly to the larger faculty population, 
enable folks to come in and learn those skills and share them broadly with their peers. And I think slowly what you see is over time, you actually do see a, a change in the different types of methodologies that faculty use. Mm -hmm. So again, the peer-to-peer -peer influence is incredibly strong. And that is an ongoing process, and it spreads organically. I mean, you were saying about how colleges bring in these these experts in their fields, but they're not necessarily expert teachers. Uh, and and the sort of magic trick that the college does in, in, in the background and backstage is, is to have them appear before a class and be experts in the field and know how to speak to a class, know how to develop, you know, deliver these lessons and, and bring them along and have these discussions. I mean, I have a friend who is a, uh, an investigative reporter and is now teaching down at the Lakeshore campus, and this is his first semester teaching. And we were at a bar last night with our laptops open looking at Blackboard, and I was showing him, you know, tricks that I have, and he was showing me how he does his thing. So I sort of considered that like a satellite office of the CTL for one night at that bar. Um, um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but I was wondering, you know, the CTL has grown and it's evolved over the years. It's Again, it went from just being you to being this, this team with all these different skills. I was wondering, what are some of the initiatives that you've worked on, that you spearheaded, that you brought into being, and some of the projects that you, you helped bring, in, bring into existence? What are some of the ones that you're most proud of, that you're most, uh, you know... You'll, you'll keep pointing to those wherever you go. Yeah, well, thank you. I think that's a, it, that's a great question. Th there is absolutely a lot that, that I am proud of. You know, as an example, we're sitting here in this creative studio, which is a small room that is surrounded by green screen, wonderful audio equipment, video equipment, a light board. And for those of you who don't know what a light board is, I encourage you to come to the CTL and uh, check out our light board because <laughs> it you know all of these innovations um, offer faculty the opportunity to be creative in their practice and so you know the, the this creative studio is a good example of something that I'm proud of but the idea didn't necessarily initiate for me and, and that's what I was trying to get at earlier it's that you know faculty are very good at being able to say, what if this, and maybe can we try this? And so I think that the idea of taking the lead from faculty is, is always the important part of, of having um, a center for teaching and learning and an operation that is there to support um, the mission. I think, so the studio would be one thing that I'd be proud of. Um, because there's been a lot of really great content that has been created in the studio that students can refer to over and over and over again to help them learn in a just-in-time way. The other area that I believe that I would be really proud of as well is the work that we've done on the classroom redesign. And again, that those ideas were, were born from faculty through the strategic planning uh, consultation process where faculty had said, we really need to think about what our physical structure looks like to support teaching and learning. And while the classroom doesn't make you necessarily, the physical structure of the classroom doesn't necessarily make you a great teacher, 
it can inhibit great teaching and learning if you have major physical barriers. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of consultation and a lot of work done, but we are a leader in that classroom redesign across Ontario. And we have done some incredible things um, in that area with faculty. And, and I know that our Department of Scholarship of Teaching Learning has done some great research on the impact that it's had on both student and faculty behavior. So uh, the evidence is there to say that it's made a difference to our students. So I'm very proud of that. The other thing that I'm also very proud of, and again, this, this idea came from a faculty member, Craig McCallum, who said, you know, we're really struggling with how to support students learn a specific set of skills mainly resiliency, before they go out into the field of being a first responder. And we started to talk about ways in which we could actually help students learn those skills. And the idea of a simulation and a virtual reality um, lab came up. And so from there, we created a virtual uh, reality lab, state-of-the-art lab, uh, where we are actually now creating virtual reality content that um, includes biometric data so that we can actually see when a student is being stressed. Are they being overwhelmed by this particular learning experience? Are they being underwhelmed? So we know that we want to make sure that we're creating the conditions for students to learn so that they're actually in the right zone of development. And so Having that um, biometric feedback allows the faculty member to make some really good decisions around the teaching and learning process and um, also allows the teacher to be able to incrementally build um, skills over a, a longer period of time so you're not doing any harm in those first responder fields. So that one I'm particularly proud of. That has been highlighted and showcased across North America as a leading project uh, through the Educause Association as well as through um, the Horizon Report 2018. And again, so your best, the best ideas are coming from faculty who are in the classroom and are dealing with very real situations around how to support students to become the best that they can be, and they have great ideas. Mm -hmm. So those are, you know, listening to faculty and listening to those that are really trying to make a difference is an important part of the process, and I'm proud of that too. I'm proud of that we've got a great staff who are open and really understand that their mission is to support that teaching and learning process, and there are many ways to do that. There is no one-size-fits-all. Right. And it's great that that, that, that idea of it all com it coming from the faculty, they identify a gap, they, defend, they identify a need, and they get that question of like, well, how could we solve that? Like, do we have to just accept that this is just always going to be a problem or this is always going to be a challenge? Maybe there, maybe there is a way to bridge that and, and, and help that out. And there's the CTL to, to build that bridge. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, well, this has all been good news and this has all been the good stuff. So, but the sad thing is that you are moving on. Uh, I mean, it's sad for, for Humber and for the CTL, but... Uh, it's great for you because you're going on to a new challenge, a new position. What, where, where are you going? And Thank you. Yeah, so I'm heading off to St. Lawrence College to be their senior vice president in academic mm -hmm. and uh, very excited about the opportunity. It'll uh, put me into a different role where I'll be able to 
Um, again, support the teaching and learning and academic process, um, albeit slightly different. And uh, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Um, and St. Lawrence area is fantastic. Lots oh, yeah. of gorgeous <laughs> lakes and thousand yeah. islands. Your Instagram feed is going to be just amazing for now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. And and it's probably time that we should get out of your way because you have enormous amounts of work to do. It took a while, but I'm glad we finally got you. Yeah, well, thank you so much. I really do appreciate the opportunity to have this exit interview. And I am going to continue to look at Humber and continue to find inspiration from Humber and continue to look at the CTL and watch the CTL because I know that uh, the CTL will continue to do great, innovative and creative things that will um, inspire post-secondary across the sector for sure. Thanks so much, Eileen. Thank you. Nextcast is produced by Humber Press and the creative productions team at the Centre for Teaching and Learning. This episode was edited by Kristen Valois. Special thanks to Santino Pinozzo and Eileen DeCorsi. To suggest stories for future episodes of Nextcast or to just let us know what you think, email humberpress, all one word, at humber.ca. That's humberpress at humber.ca. Thanks, and see you next time. That's still not a